My name's Brian, and today is Monday, May 1st, 2023, and this is three episode 387 of the Lots Project Podcast, a daily look inside our, our journey to live outside the systems of control, and it's Monday for sure. Monday, Monday, did a bunch of uh, rework on show notes and uh, show prep and the closing to the show, so... Might be stumbling over words today, for sure, for sure. Oh, check out my uh, my new friend here on my mug. Got my swag pack. Can't really see it because of the... the um... There it is. There it is. If you're watching the live stream, you can check out my, uh, my brand new pig duck. Duck pig. Um, I guess. <laughs> is that like the, the spider pig? from um from the simpsons from the simpsons movie the spider pig can do what spider pigs do um no i got my swag pack from duction cups on friday and uh oh wow bunch of fun stuff in there bunch of ducks and suction cups and some uh some cards so i will be distributing distributing them amongst um the local jeeps jeepers that i run into that i see those uh those ducks uh hanging out on the the dashboard and i think i gotta i gotta run with the the safety issue of the ducks flying around in the in the cab when you're off-roading jesus christ my dogs are unbelievable this morning they've been wrestling for probably the last 20 minutes half hour in the back and um they're getting to the point where the camper is shaking back and forth so that is fun um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go that safety route and um, and stick these on some uh, some randos windows if I don't see anybody around. Talk to them, introduce myself, and uh, tell them about duction cups if I uh, if I happen to run into somebody. So why not? Why not? Josh says Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers is um, is holy. This is a holy uh, uh, new day here in the camper. Corey switched up her routine. Everything is just discombobulated this morning and uh now the dogs are all in the back wound up i shouldn't say all the dogs walter's here next to me he uh, he doesn't get messed up in the shenanigans of his brothers for sure so um something new uh i kind of do it every every day anyway but uh, i'm gonna start uh, letting you guys know what i'm drinking every day and today we got a light a light guatemalan it's uh just straight Guatemalan fair trade or uh, fair trade Guatemalan light roast. It is uh, is really good. Brian really knows that I uh, I prefer light coffee, um, even when he's sending me mediums and uh, getting into the darks. It's always blended in with a lighter. Uh, it's just my preference. Been that way my whole life. And uh, he works with me over at my C floor C four membership from Food Forest Farms and gets this awesome coffee every month. So. I'm enjoying this Guatemalan. It's, uh, I think I got maybe one or two more French presses. So sometime this week, I'll be drinking something new. Ah, and, and the first ever patch of the week uh, drawing, I had a drawing uh, poll I had over on Noster and in the Telegram group. And uh, we have a winner. We have the first week's winner. Uh, but before that, 
before that, I uh, I wanted to let you know this weekend I spoke with Toolman Tim. Excuse me, man. It's a little chilly here. Corey said it's cold. I said, no, nah, it's not. But I got a little bit of a runny nose. I think it's a little cold. But regardless, talked to Toolman Tim. And I was telling him about my promotion that I'm doing every week. So he he um, hooked me up with all the the all the patches that uh, he's given away for his patch of the month club. Because I don't have an address. We've been going back and forth how we want to do it. I was like, oh, well, we'll just wait till the end of the year or next time I see you and I'll just buy the patches from you. That way we don't have to figure out shipping every month. And uh, I got lots to hold me over. Well, he shows up with all six months of the patches and he's like, here you go. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I really appreciate that. And I always like to give value for value. So I want to start wearing them on the show. I figured what a better way to do it than uh, than pick three of the six that I have and uh, and do a poll. Let the let the audience decide. Let them get a get a view of the patches that come in the patch of the month club. Have some fun with it. Let people vote. So I threw it on Telegram. I threw it on Noster, and I started getting uh, getting votes over on Noster. And if you're over there, you understand that when you vote, you zap. And uh, I was driving out to see Tim at LFTN, and I was like, "Hey, I should accumulate all the zaps or any uh, any um, lightning tips on Telegram to that poll to anything to do with the patch of the week, and siphon it off into its own lightning wallet." And if I can get it up to $100 in value, I'll buy a patch of the month club and give it away. I thought that was a great idea. People people uh, participating in it, they have a chance and then I'll I'll figure out a drawing and uh, and people can get in on it. And if you're if you're zapping consistently, you'll know that the drawing's going on. I think it'll be self-correcting and and I'll just figure out a way to uh, get entries. So I'm telling Tim about it and he gets all smiling. He goes, "You know what?" You get $100 in, in zaps over in that wallet, and I will match it. I will match a second patch of the month club. We'll give away two. And I said, that that is fantastic. So this will be running on along uh, along with the polls every week uh, for the for the patch of the week that I'm going to wear right here on my hat because this, this changes. Been on there for a while, guys. So we had a vote. We had a vote. I think the the three choices were um, the been prepping since Y2K, um, built like a brick shit house, and uh, what is that? How much is that in freedom units with a thermometer? And the voting was tight. It was back and forth, and uh, got some overnight and tallied the results this morning. And the winner is. How much is that in freedom units here? Let me, there, there. That white that white light really kind of screws things up. You can t- check out the screen. That is the patch. That is the patch of the week. We'll get her on here. Sorry about the bald head. And there we go. Patch of the week is on. All the sats will be transferred today to the Patch of the Week uh, sats at getlb.com. That's Patch of the Week sats at getlb.com. If you want to drop an anonymous donation in there, be be uh, be welcome. Uh, otherwise, I will forward all anything to do with the Patch of the Week, which I will hashtag Patch of the Week. Weird, 
is going to get sent over to that wallet. When it gets to 100 bucks, we're giving away a couple of patch of the a patch of the year club memberships from Tim. Ah, I got all sorts of swag around here, ducks and patches. It's great. It's fantastic. Anyway, anyway, we uh, went a little long with the patch of the week this morning, and I want to get into the perfect cup and get uh, get going with everything for the day. So with that, we will. Uh, Oh, wow. I erased all those notes. That's cool. <laughs> Here we go. All right, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of the Perfect Cup question of the day. It's a daily question I ask around social media and in my Telegram group and then take all the answers, put them all in a pile, read them all, evaluate them and bring them to you the next morning. The, day, the perfect cup question of the day today is, do you judge yourself by the same standards that you judge others? If not, are you harsher or more lenient? Well, I messed up my uh, show notes this morning, so I am way harsher on myself, I think, at the moment. Uh, but the question again is, do you judge yourself by the same standards that you judge others? If not, are you harsher or more lenient? It's an interesting question. I got a ton of comments here. I'm going to plow through them pretty quick. Uh, I want to start it with Chris Dixon over in Telegram. These all came out of Telegram. I had some on the other socials, but this list from Telegram was just, uh, it's it's long. So I'm going to get going on that. We'll see where we end up. Chris Dixon says, I'm way harder on myself. I hold my friends, family, and heroes to a higher standard, but most other people I don't give two shits about until we interact. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, definitely holding friends, family, and heroes to a higher standard is uh, is a good idea um, until they disappoint you, I guess. Uh, K-Bong says, I try not to have any expectations. That way, I can always be surprised. Easy to let them show their true colors. Yeah, no uh, no expectations, no no um, forethought going into uh, into how much this guy is gonna, going to disappoint me. Scrambling uh, weighed in and said, I'm critical of everything, but understand the futility because of entropy. And destruction is equal to construction over the long haul. We are all built with molecules of creatures that we tore apart by microbes of the past. Oh, wow. He must have really duped it up for this one. Uh, <laughs> let me get in here. Short answer. Harder on myself, but getting better at not being a, a dick to myself either. Sorry, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't wade myself through that at the moment. Sorry, Brian. It. Uh, I read it yesterday, and it was very, uh, very thought provoking, but not for me this morning at twelve after six. Um, <laughs> we're going with the short answer. Harder on himself. Blueberry says way harsher on himself than others. James says he's way harder on himself. Uh, Rob over in the telegram group says, I judge myself harder. I expect more out of myself and I have control over what I do. And I think that's a big, that is a big, um, really big, um, determining factor for me <sighs> is that I can't really, I can't really judge somebody, um, to my, to my ideals when I, they, they have control over their own actions. Like I can't set expectations when I'm not doing the work. So that was something that stuck out to me when he threw that in there. 
Kyle says, <coughs> excuse me. Kyle says, I judge myself on such a high standard, such a higher standard than everyone else, because unlike everyone else, I have full control in the amount of effort I can put into what I'm doing. I think that runs back to Rob. He says, I can half-ass it, and the majority of people wouldn't know the difference, but I know, but I would know and judge myself. Yeah, that's um, that gets into that whole paradigm when you're at a job that um, is below your skill level. <clears throat> I, uh, you can exceed and you can put all the effort in and learn it and learn it better than anyone else when you're new. And then when you get to a point where you're not learning anything, um, you really need to occupy your time with other things. There isn't always anything more to learn. Um, and so you start learning about all oh, things that don't matter, like the company and practices and things like that. And it gets you in trouble. It gets you in trouble. But um, yeah, the the being able to half asset once you're once you're better than the other employees because you've put in, you've put in the effort up front. You've learned it better. Um, you're able to put it on cruise control, and uh, that's when I would start to get into trouble. So. Yeah, I get the the effort put in too. Hey, thanks, Norman. Um, Josh says, <laughs> Josh says, oh, a good one. Oh, a good one. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Uh, moving on. No, he had a, he had an answer here too. Josh says, I think I used to judge others more harshly than myself, but that was also due to the environment I grew up in. Monkey see, monkey do. My family was incredibly critical of everyone else, and I internalized a lot of negativity. I have to catch myself now and then still. But as I've matured, I've cared less about what others do. Maybe I disagree, but it doesn't matter. I've always been very self-critical, and I wouldn't say I've stopped, but I've learned to pick my battles and focus on what I can actually affect change towards. So in short, I judge myself to a higher degree than others because I can do something about it. And that's, uh, <laughs> James says, learning to stop without brakes. You didn't get the brakes fixed yet, man? I'm pretty sure if you rolled through um, a yeah, diesel island at, uh, at, the, at the love or the pilot or the loves and took out a couple pumps, uh, the company might get your brakes fixed. I don't know. I don't know. Just a question. Just a thought. Just a thought. But yeah, Josh, Josh nailed it there too. And I really think that, uh, I think a common theme kind of pulled out of there in my audience. I was really curious to see what a broader audience, um, what a broader audience thought and the, 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 the statements coming back from them, because in the telegram group, it's kind of a, a group of like-minded people, a lot of, uh, doers, a lot of, uh, go-getters, especially the ones that, that interact quite a bit. And I pulled the, the common theme of, I can't judge anybody else because I'm a psycho. Um, basically, uh, I, I, I work harder. I try harder. Um, I may learn easier. I consume more information. I do more. I have more motivation. Like These are the people that are in these groups. So we've understood at some point in our lives that we're at a different standard. And that might go for everybody. That might not just be doers. I mean, I don't know. like, I can't hold someone to my standard because they don't expect the same thing out of themselves. 
I expect myself to be coming up with a new idea or a new thing or figuring out a problem all the time. That's what I want my brain doing. Um, I understand that I have to force myself to kind of stop and slow down and relax or go to sleep. So how can I hold someone else to a standard that I set for myself? Of course, I judge myself more harshly. You do you, man. And I think that that comes with the anarchist philosophy, too, is you do, do you do you as long as you're not hurting me. How can I really judge you for doing what you're doing? So I, th- I think that that theme really runs runs deep through this community. Um, I was curious because I pulled a lot of uh, a lot of uh, social media following, I guess, through my um through my cemetery shorts, through my cemetery headstone shorts that aren't in this community and uh, looking at their comments on some of my, some of my posts and I really like minded either. So I would be curious to see what they weighed in on the question, but they didn't, they didn't for sure. So that is what I got today. So I think I'm going to wrap it up. I, uh, like I said, I redid my show notes this morning, so I don't have my intro or my outro for the perfect cup just deleted it because who the hell needs it? Just do it and uh, forget that you're going to need to read it because you can't remember what you used to say. Anyway, that was another episode of the Perfect Cup question of the day. You can find the question posted around social or especially in my Telegram group, which is t.me slash lots chat, t.me slash lots chat. Every morning, uh, Sunday through Friday, Sunday through Thursday, I uh, put a pin a question in the group and you can answer it. And then we read the answers the next day. Be sure to visit theperfectcup.shop to find all your premium air roasted coffee needs. You can find beans, you can find mugs, you can find all sorts of stuff. When you get there, hit buy coffee now. That will take you over to the Food Forest Farms website where I get my coffee, where I have my Custom blends perfected and shipped out, roasted, hand roasted by a real human in small batches. Check it out today. Check it out today. You will be happy you do. Once you test, once you taste it, you will know the difference. I appreciate you listening and back to the full show. <sighs> Man. That thing where you go to read something and it's not there. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to have to take one second here. I'll be right back. Ah, there we are. There we are. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, James says, I don't hold my children to my standards, but I try to set an example. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Even even down to your kids, it, it really runs back to that. Um, you have to decide for yourself. And if you don't, if you're doing it for someone else, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. So, yeah, make life easier. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Worry about you. Uh, anyway, let's get to that history segment. Uh, Ryan, Ryan um, over there from Duction Cups, where I got my new uh, pig, duck, duck pig. Um, yeah, he prepares the history segment for us every day, and today is not any different. So let's get to the history segment. Happy Monday and welcome to May 1st. May 1st. May 1st. One third of the year done. 
Uh, this day in history before 1901, in 1486, Christopher Columbus presents his plans disco- plans for discovering a western route to the Indies to the to the Spanish Queen Isabella I of Castile. Huh, and the rest. The rest is history. Old Christopher Columbus. Hmm. That could be an interesting, uh, interesting tale to go down here on this show. How Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Uh, 1840, the black, the penny black is issued in the United Kingdom. The first official adhesive postage stamp used in a public postal system. Got any, uh, any stamp collectors out there? I, uh, I dabbled in it for about uh, 30 seconds when I was uh, eight or nine years old. Uh, grandfather had a, a collection. I thought it was really cool. And then I got bored and went and did something else. But I had heard of the penny black. That is one of the most prized, prized stamps you can get your hands on. Uh, post-1901, uh, we got 1956, the polio vaccine developed by Jonas Salk is made available to the public. The vaccine has eliminated polio from most of the world and reduced the number of cases reported each year from an estimated 350,000 in 1988 to 33 in 2018. 350,000 cases in 1988 after the vaccine had been a uh, made publicly available in 1956. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, glad we don't have polio anymore. Uh, 1971, Amtrak, the National Railroad Passenger Corporation, takes over operation of U.S. passenger rail services. Monopoly man! Uh, Birthdays this year, this day in 1764, Benjamin Henry Latrobe, English-American architect who designed the United States Capitol building uh, in Washington, D.C., was born. In 1852, Calamity Jane, American frontiers woman and professional scout. Her real name was Martha Jane Canary. Was an Amer- She was an American frontiers woman, sharpshooter, and storyteller. And, uh, yeah, pretty badass woman. 1967, Tim McGraw, American singer, songwriter, and actor. Tim McGraw. I've seen that guy in concert. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I uh, I enjoyed the old Tim McGraw show. Uh, Pip says country music on a Monday. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> and on this day, uh, May 1st, 1960, uh, Charles Holden passed away. Uh, English architect designed the British Central Library and many London underground stations during the 1920s and 30s. And there's a couple holidays here on May 1st. We have Hawaii celebrates Lei Day. God, that sounds like a great holiday. Uh, Pips notes the different colors represent different islands. I didn't know. He didn't know that. I didn't know that, but sounds cool. And uh, the different colors. Uh, he wonders if the different color, different color flowers are similar to gang colors. Like, do the islands, do they have beef with each other? So... Uh, you got the wrong color lay on on the wrong island, and uh, you don't come home from Hawaii. And May 1st is also, well, it's May Day. It's May Day, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Not for sure. I didn't look that up, but uh, all recollection, recollection, recollection from when I was a child would be that today is May Day. But it is also International Sunflower Gorilla Gardening Day. Sunflower Gorilla Gardening Day. Uh, The notes on this are the earliest recorded use of the term gorilla gardening was by Liz Christie in her Green Gorilla Group in 1973. 
in the Bowery Houston area of New York. They transformed a derelict private lot into a garden. The space is still cared for by volunteers, but now enjoys the protection of the city parks department. Pip says, go plant something, guys. Go plant something. It's May. It's May 1st, unless you were where I was from up in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Um, you're probably going to be able to uh, get it in the ground. So go plant something. And if you're in Minnesota, fuck, broadcast that shit out in the field and uh, it will come up soon enough. So have a good day. Have a good week from Pip and uh, get some shit done. That is the history se segment brought to you by Ryan over at Duction Cups. If you drive a Jeep and you want to be safe, grab some Duction Cups. DuctionCups.com. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Josh commenting on the Josh commenting on the Hawaiian lay day and the the gang colors of the lays says you might get laid out. My guys, it's Monday. It's Monday. Get some more coffee in you before you, you start watching the show. I need better comments than that. Uh, speaking of up north in Minnesota, I didn't put this in my notes because I had already done my notes for the day. Corey and I went over to the Dollar General. Dollar General here is down the road, and we needed to pick up a few things. We uh, we did a little shopping at the Dollar General, and we walk around. We're at the at the checkout, and the kids talking to us and we're kind of bantering back and forth and he says not from around here huh i've heard that a lot um as we've traveled and uh cory's like no no um no we kind of travel around he's like where are you from he goes no wait wait let me guess let me guess and i'm like oh jesus please don't say canada please don't say canada and all of a sudden he's like i would say michigan <laughs> i was pretty impressed i was pretty impressed uh so Corey's like no no we're from minnesota and he goes well i wouldn't have known that for you but he yeah yeah he really sounds like that and i'm like what the <laughs> she starts laughing and says well i was the one that lived there my whole life he's only lived there for 20 years and uh yeah so I got called out for my for my Minnesotan my Minnesotan accent, and Corey says on the way home. She said, "Well, I should have really just let him have it with the old uh, Sven and Oli routine." Wait, is that it? Lena and Oli. <laughs> I don't even know the I don't even know the Minnesota names, but <laughs> anyway, I got a worse Minnesota Minnesota accents than uh, than Corey. Oh, what do we have on the list today to talk about? <laughs> yeah, Youper. Youper is about right with um, with uh, Minnesota. It's close. It's close. Uh, Josh says I should have started in about Menards. Yeah, I was I was really contemplating going in on the going really heavy hard on it and seeing how, what he uh, what he thought of it, but uh, I didn't. I didn't. It was. It was time to get going. We had spent way too much time in the Dollar General already. Um, yeah, topics for today. Topics for today. I um, We took off and went over to LFTN on Saturday for a day trip. Uh, Nicole had her conference going on, her workshop. I believe it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they took off yesterday. 
but um, she had an open house on Saturday and invited us to come over. It was uh, it was a long day for sure. It was a long day. It was about three hours ish. Um, yeah, pretty much three hours, three hours and two minutes or something from where we're at to Nicole's. But um, we decided that we could probably stick around for five or six hours and make the trip out, see some people, meet some people, and uh, and then come home. So we did. So we did. We um, we took off and uh, we headed out there. Drive is super smooth. Really enjoy that drive. Um, kind of boring, but uh, easy, easy nonetheless. Got to go through Nashville. Eh, Nashville was uh, backed up both ways a little bit. A little bit for sure. Um, don't really like going through cities anyway, but didn't have the trailer and didn't get hung up that bad. One interesting thing that happened on the trip out there, though, was we were, um, I haven't posted it yet. I'm going to be posting it this morning, but uh, last week's cemetery that I featured in um, on my short format uh, and on the website for the, the members club was, uh, it was a cemetery here close, probably about 10, 15 minutes north of here. Um, and one of the graves that I had seen, and I think I mentioned it last week in the show was a girl that had been abducted and, um, they found her body a few years later. And I didn't know that when I went and filmed the grave, it was just one of the ones I randomly picked for, um, a more in-depth documentation, I guess is what you would call it. Uh, bonus footage. I don't really like to call it bonus footage, but, um, it's stuff I do extra for, for the site specifically and so i randomly picked this one came home and found out this girl had been uh abducted and murdered and and they found her remains a few years later and the, i guess the the trial was just a, a a complete shit show the investigation was a complete shit show with like small town cronyism and all sorts of weird shit going on um extended cuts there you go there you go uh but Anyway, uh, the story kind of intrigued me. I've been kind of thinking about it back and forth for the whole week when I was writing it. And I didn't really, um, I didn't really, I didn't get it out yet. I didn't publish it yet because I keep going back and forth on how I want to, how I want to present it. I know the story. Uh, I've been told by uh, the Bing AI that I use to help research it that I've been um, that she's not. It's not allowed to. She. <laughs> it must be a bitch because she won't ask give me what I want. Um, I ask. Uh, I ask the chat, the AI, uh, the Bing AI to help me do some research, and it starts giving me facts about it, and then it just shuts me down and erases them all because I guess it's controversial or it can't talk about murder or it can't talk about something, but it'll start giving me all this, all the information and then it'll get to a certain point and it just deletes it all and says, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you about something that this controversial. Well, that's cool. Cause I would really like to expose the controversy. I don't give a shit either way. I just want to write about what the hell happened. <laughs> So I've been having to dig in further and I don't know how I want to, I don't know. I don't know what the purpose of the, 
the post is. I think that's the bigger issue. Um, I got wrapped up in the 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 what happened more than who she was. And usually when I am digging into someone, it's about them. Um, their life, not their death necessarily. I'm interested in what they did, not how they died. Um, I guess that the how they died makes an interesting story. And this one really is. So it, it kind of threw me for a loop and how I wanted to present it in writing. <coughs> the video is the video. Regardless, her name was Holly. Holly Bobo is her name. And we were driving along up the highway near where she lived, which wasn't close or wasn't far from the cemetery. And as we're driving up the highway, I look to the side and I see Holly Bobo Memorial Highway. And I'm like, huh, this name just keeps popping up. But I guess when something like that happens in the area in a small town, small town USA, it gets remembered. It gets remembered. Everybody knows about it. And um, yeah, so that was interesting. I saw that sign uh, way too late to get a picture. And then on the way back, I looked and looked and looked and looked. And I think I think it's only one direction of the highway because I didn't see a sign the other way unless we got on. No, I don't think we would have got on uh, at, at the other end. We were on it for quite a ways. So I don't know where the other sign is. I looked for it uh, intently and never saw it. But man, the things keep uh, the things keep making connections, and it's really interesting to me to sit back and think about that after the fact. Randomly picked cemetery X Y Z. When I pick a cemetery, basically I go on Google and I um, or Google Maps or whatever map app, and uh, it has my location, and I search cemetery, and I start just scrolling around the page. I have no research into it. No, nothing. I pick it and I, I throw it into a website. I know that tells you kind of the, the basics about the cemetery. How many, how many memorials are there basically is what I look for. If there's enough to make it worth the drive, I take off and go. I don't look anything up. I look it up when I get back. I, I kind of want the feeling of the place to to let, let it happen. I randomly picked this one. It was the first one I documented here in Tennessee. Uh, it was the first headstone I saw when I pulled in. It was, uh, it kind of, it kind of tugged at me the whole time I was there. Uh, and come to find out, it was this weird story that happened. And then, you know, a week later, week and a half later, we're driving on the highway. I see the girl's name again. I don't know. It's just uh, very, very coincidental. Lots of random shit. Lots of random shit. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. Anyway, went out to the LFTN after we saw the highway sign. Went out to LFTN, had a great time. Uh, saw a bunch of people. Saw a bunch of people I knew. Met a couple of new people as uh, we were we were milling around. Uh, like I said, we were only there for a few hours. Uh, got to see a couple of presentations. Got to see a really good roundtable entrepreneurship presentation. Uh, with Sean Mills, Joel Riles, and Tim, Toolman Tim, that was really good. Um, and what is the other one we watched? Oh, building a schoolie with uh, with Sean. Sean Mills is uh, they're building a schoolie for his daughter, and um, that was cool. Cool, uh, cool little um, seminar. 
lot of stuff. I mean, I had gone through the build, so I was just curious. I was more curious about their experiences than trying to learn new. I knew I'd pick up new things if I heard them, but I was curious um, the thought process and the the issues or anything that they had going through it and how they approached it because it's all different. They're all different. Every single build, RV, schoolie, van, truck, whatever you're, whatever you're retrofitting to go live full time in, um, they're different, but they're all the same. Like everybody needs the same, everybody needs the same basic amenities. Uh, how you, how you take care of that and how you, how you accomplish that is the fun part. Um, and it was interesting to hear the things he was concerned about compared to what we were concerned about. It was interesting to hear what he's concerned about before launching and, um, compare that to what we were concerned about before launching and what we're concerned about now, not my place to, um, to question uh, anything. Uh, I did ask a couple questions that I was concerned, uh, not concerned about, but uh, curious if they had considered. And uh, that was it. But I'm curious to follow along on his daughter's journey as she launches and to see if things change. Because they definitely changed for us. They definitely changed for us. Um, from what we were concerned about before the build, after the build and before the launch and after being on the road have changed significantly. So I'm, I, that is my interest in following stories like that anymore. I know, I know how to figure out how to do a build. I know how to evaluate what I need, um, and figure out how to get it done. Now I'm curious on watching other people's, um, train of thought and, and watch that change. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, I got to look up their, um, their schooly stuff and get the, get the website and follow their, her YouTube channel. She's got a uh, YouTube channel that she's kind of put on pause because she's finishing up, uh, finishing up high school right now. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, I think, I think a full workshop is definitely more advantageous. Um, it's, it's hard coming in at the end. Um, when 50 people have, have built community for three days, uh, you're, you're engaged with those people that you've seen for the previous two days. And it was, it was comfortable. I mean, like anybody I saw that I knew. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's no brainer, but I think at, at, um, at something like that, where you're, you're developing relationships, with people over a few period of time, that's like a retreat weekend. And then um, the new employees show us up on Sunday. Uh, all the inside jokes or all the things that has happened over the last couple of days are already ingrained in those people's. Those relationships are bonds that are built until you separate and come back together. Then you're a big family. I think that's, I think the full weekend or the full workshop is definitely easier to um, connect with people. Worth it, worth it nonetheless. Met a couple of new people. I uh, I got someone that told me they recognized me by my voice for the first time. That was interesting. Um, excuse me. That was definitely interesting uh, <laughs> uh, for someone to walk up to you and say, "Hey, knows your name and um, 
and recognize you by your voice. So thanks, Andy. That was interesting. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I guess I guess what a what a better place to do it than there, us uh, kind of a safe place and not in the grocery store um, randomly because that would have kind of tripped me out. I knew that there were people that listened to me <laughs> at LFTN, so that was uh, that was a, a safe place for that first experience of someone telling me that um, that. <laughs> They recognize me by my voice. James says, yeah, SRF is terrifying. No, SRF is not terrifying. Not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so I, sh I said that in the matter that, and that's, that's the thing. James says SRF is terrifying. Self-reliance festival. I don't think you can call SRF terrifying. Uh, people there are very opening, open and willing to talk to you. And I shouldn't have said that LFTN was that way. Everybody there was open and willing to talk to me. They were engaged in conversations. And I'm not one that wants to walk up to three or four people that are engaged in a conversation that's probably been developing over days or a day or a few hours and, um, and walk into that. That's what I was getting at. SRF, a two-day thing where people are milling about, there's a lot more people. Workshops, 50 people. SRF, couple hundred people, 500 people. Who knows? It all depends on the on the on the event. But there isn't that bonding. There isn't that eight eight in the morning or ten in the morning till midnight, get up, do it again, two days, and then then new people are introduced. A very small amount. It was, I think it was Corey and I and a couple other people showed up for uh, open house. But yeah, I shouldn't say it. I, I it came off way different than than how I wanted it to. As I was saying it, I'm like, wait, it's not hard to go up and talk to people. And it wasn't like people were shunning or clicky or anything like that. It was more that those those relationships had been developed, and and um, it was just yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> just saying, three days would be better for a workshop like that. James says it's a big step for him. Yeah, our first SRF, it was it was uh, interesting. Um, focused on the, the seminars, watching everything. The second one, um, we've we been to two, three SRF. How many did we go to two? We've been to three. Yeah. The second and third, we, um, we started to branch out, talk to more people and see less of the seminars. So you'll be fine, James. I'll walk around and introduce you. That'll be my job. I just introduced James. Hey, this is James. All right, I got one last thing on my list today. Um, I've been noticing something in the area and I put a connection together and it might not be that revolutionary or um, mind blowing or anything to a lot of people, but uh, it finally clicked in my head. Um, I see a lot of flea markets here. I see a lot of flea markets and it got me thinking. Because as we drove around, and I'm noticing all these flea markets. Hold on one second, guys. I'm sorry. Ah, there you go. That was the cliffhanger. I wanted to tell you all about uh, flea markets and uh, get, you, get you wondering what the hell I'm going to talk about. Anyway, I've been driving around Tennessee. I've seen a ton of flea markets, um, free to set up, pay to set up, inside, outside, whatever. 
it is what it is. You notice it. You notice it a lot in um, poorer areas, uh, rural areas, things like that. For my whole life, I've kind of driven by them and went, nah, 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 nah. Never really, never really thought about them. And uh, as I've been driving around Tennessee, I've seen more and more um, plant sales here, plants for sale here, chicken eggs for sale here, um, and up into like excavator work. And you see them everywhere. You always see a guy with a sign on his on his uh, the tree at the end of his driveway or whatever with a phone number. But it appears to me. I'm seeing him more here. I'm seeing him more than I saw in New York growing up, in Minnesota when we lived there. And even as we've traveled, I'm seeing them excessively more here. And I've seen more flea markets. Not necessarily larger, just more. Set up. Observing. That's it. As we drive from town to town to town to town to town, because we have to go here to Walmart, we got a half an hour away to Walmart or whatever, just observations. And it got me thinking after we sat at the, and did some day drinking with a bunch of locals and, and really discussed kind of the attitude around here, it really settled in a, um, a connection between flea markets and free markets and it got me thinking about what a flea market really is and it's basically leave me the fuck alone and let me sell my shit i don't need a store i don't need a license i don't need this i'm gonna go acquire some stuff and i'm gonna sell it it's the agora flea markets and agora but the reason i think that there's so many flea markets around here is the attitude of the citizens the attitude of oh oh okay so i'm way off mike v says i am way off it's because grannies had <laughs> they had more grannies that were hoarders okay i'm wrong i'll shut up <laughs> it feels like though no mike it feels like um the attitude of the locals are it's more free market it's more i got what you want what do you want to give me for it i'll trade or barter i do cash work what do you need done on the side like those are the things that i'm observing around here um yeah might be crazy that might be crazy but it feels like that attitudes they they kind of tie in they tie in together. Gingerbread Farm says flea markets where you sell the stuff you shoplifted. Yeah, I mean it is, it is, but it's also, it's also the place where you um, took the initiative to go and buy a box of shit and come and sell it individually. Um, you talk to a lot of people in the flea markets and they hustle, they hustle, hustle. Renegade Butcher says there's a ton of flea markets up in East Central Texas, too, all over the roadsides. Is that the same kind of uh, mentality there, too, would you say? Is it more of a um, voluntarist, anarchist vibe, free markets, leave me the fuck alone, I got what I want, I'll sell it, and, um, and that's what we're going to do? 
uh, Josh has he's seen some really cool stuff with flea markets. I have two. Uh, the limited time that I spent at them growing up when I would walk uh, around is um, yeah, there there is complete trash and there are a few treasures, but there's also the opportunity to find a lot of things you need if you're willing to look long enough or wait long enough. Um, Tennessee permaculture says it, it more historical bootstrap mentality because we're still very under, underdeveloped in Tennessee until after the nineties. Yeah. But that's good though. That's good. Renegade butcher says, Oh yeah. Old folks just selling shit. Not giving a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, K-Bong says, flea and farmer's markets are combined in New Jersey. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. But anyway, that's all my thoughts on that. I just just kind of noticing the attitude of the local um, the local population and, and that correlation with, with just uh, more open free markets and uh, flea markets. Flea markets. Kind of uh, flea markets signal free markets. So keep an eye out for all those flea markets when you're looking for a place to settle. <laughs> I don't know. Do your own due diligence. Uh, let's hit the item of the day. Item of the day today is the GQF Sportsman Incubator with the Humidikit. Uh, if you want to start up a, um, a hatchery, if you want to hatch your own birds, you want to do experimenting with quail or chicken or turkeys or ducks or geese, Man, anything you can hatch, even snakes. I had a lot of my uh, raw pet food customers were snakes, and um, they would they had one. One of them had one of these incubators to hatch snakes. Um, yeah, check it out. Check it out. The GQF Sportsman Cabinet Incubator with Humidikit. The Humidikit comes separate. It is spendy. It is spendy. It's an upfront cost. I think all in if you get the Humidikit, which I definitely, definitely definitely recommend uh getting humidicate if you want to set it and forget it uh basically you fill the water and it's got a sensor and it turns on and off and it keeps the humidity and as long as you keep the bottle of water full got no issues um it's expensive it's expensive to get started up but if you want to do it right you're gonna your hatch rates are gonna go through the roof the humidicate is fantastic um mine was built like a, a it was a rock it ran constantly for over a year didn't shut it down, didn't um, didn't do anything with it. Basically opened the door to pull a tray out and put a tray in of eggs. And that's it. Um, and it, it was running perfectly fine. I sold it for almost as much as I bought it for four or five years after I bought it, three years after I bought it. Um, and uh, it was a rock. My hatch rates were great. Um, if you're ready to go to the next level of hatching, you can make your money back selling chicks. I'm not gonna, definitely, definitely. You want to run a quail operation. You want to be hatching those quail. I think you can hatch out about 180 per rack and you can get, I think it was, I think you can get, um, I think you can get above a thousand quail eggs in it at a time. I was always hatching both chicken and quail at the same time. I don't think I ever had a full quail rack, three racks. 
six racks actually they're split in two but anyway the gqf sportsman incubator is fantastic the humidicate is a lifesaver for sure check those out um links are in the video description i also have links to my review on the whole thing so check that out over at the site um yeah item of the day gqf sportsman incubator with humidicate if you don't have to buy an incubator or you're not ready to amp up to a cabinet incubator but you got to do some shopping on amazon please consider clicking that Amazon link and getting our tracking into your system. And uh, we get a little kickback for everything you buy. We don't see what you buy or who buys what. We see what gets bought, but not who buys what. And now we have enough uh, enough items coming through that probably couldn't tell who it was anyway. And um, unless you come out and tell me, if you really want to be like that, you can tell me for sure. But click that link and we appreciate it. This Every little bit helps. Uh, interview tonight live lots to talk about with ken stearns ken is a somebody that kind of dipped out of the corporate world and hit the road like me he's living in a van and uh interviewing people on a podcast so it'll be interesting to get interviewed by the interviewer and uh then we'll probably do a swap and go back and i'll be on his show this uh yesterday released um my friends don't like freedom i was on with uh, bear snare check that out uh over on fountain just search my friends don't like freedom and uh, check that out i will be getting the link pushed around for that out on socials today when i'm doing my my uh posting all my posting but anyway that's about it that's all i got for today uh if you if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with others you can find it all at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day and we will catch up with you tomorrow.